Thank you, Commissioner Preston. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the December 13th meeting of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority Board. I'm Rafael Mandelman. I chair this board. Our vice chair is Aaron Peskin, who is joining us remotely this morning. Our clerk today is Elijah Saunders. And uh, we want to thank Kalina Mendoza with SFGovTV. Mr. Pl Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, Chair. Commissioner Chen? Chen absent. Commissioner Dorsey? Dorsey present. Commissioner Mandelman? Present. Mandelman present. Commissioner Marr? Present. Marr present. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar absent. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan absent. Commissioner Safai? Safai absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie present. Commissioner Walton? Present. Walton present. Chair, we have quorum. All right. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, before I call the next item, I want to excuse Commissioners Chan and Safai for the duration of the meeting. I'm also going to be excusing uh, Commissioner Preston for the portion of the meeting uh, when he leads, needs to leave us starting at 1045, which is going to place us back in the um, challenging position, may place us in the same challenging position we were in last week, where if anyone has to leave, we lose quorum and we have to either continue the meeting or, um, or take a break. So um, uh, we probably need to address this um, going forward because it, it does make these meetings hard. Um, as chair, I want to uh, also invoke Rule 3.26 from the Rules of Order to limit total public comment per item to 30 minutes for today's meeting. Um, and it's my intention, unless I um, indicate otherwise, that each speaker be given two minutes. Mr. Clerk, will you please call our next item? Uh, yes, Chair, but before calling the item, I would like to read a public comment announcement. For members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in the Legislative Chamber, Room 250 in City Hall, or you may watch cable channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider, or stream the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415 655 Zero, 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 0001 and when prompted entering access code 2495-692-7244 and then press pound and pound again. You'll be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star 3 to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star 3 again or you'll be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise that you will be allowed two minutes to speak. When your two minutes are up, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from members of the public in attendance in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from the remote speaker's queue on the telephone line. Thank you. All right, and now, Mr. Clerk, will you please call item two? Yes, Chair. Item two, Chair's report. This is an information item. All right, colleagues, as we close out the year, I want to thank all of you and our Transportation Authority staff for a very productive 2022. Um, topping our list was the passage of Proposition L, and I want to again thank um, the, the voters of San Francisco for their support for renewing our half-cent transportation sales tax. Um, we also want to congratulate sponsors of projects large and small for delivering new public infrastructure this year that will be transformative for the future of San Francisco, including Van SBRT, Presidio Tunnel Tops, and Battery Bluffs Parks, Caltrain Electric Train Sets, BART Powell Station Modernization, Kearney Jackson Signals, and Muni's new Central Subway. We adopted our 30-year countywide long-range plan known as the San Francisco Transportation Plan and advanced our major capital priorities such as the downtown extension and Caltrain electrification, BART, and Muni core capacity within regional policy frameworks, even as we ready our next generation of projects uh, including a new Caltrain station in the Bayview and undertake planning for a future Geary 19th Avenue subway. Uh, we held hearings on and recommitted ourselves to our Vision Zero goals while funding several sets of quick build, signal, and traffic calming projects for safer streets in every district. With our city steadily recovering, including the return of Prop K and Prop D funds, we continued to steward public dollars with the highest level of care and transparency, earning another Certificate of Achievement in financial reporting and AAA bond rating. 
I'm also proud to announce that the agency this month received two industry awards, the Civic Equity Champion Award from the Conference of Minority Transportation Officials and the Agency of the Year from the Bay Bridge Chapter of the American Council of Engineering Companies. Um, congratulations to everyone uh, at the Transportation Authority on these terrific honors. Um, thank you, colleagues, for your collaboration and to our legislative aides and the entire staff at the Transportation Authority for everyone's hard work and dedication. And finally, I want to express uh, special appreciation to our outgoing colleague, Commissioner Marr, for your service on the Transportation Authority and for your leadership on Proposition L and um, sustainable transportation initiatives over the past four years. Um, your legacy will carry on into future years as we anticipate the completion of the D4 on-demand shuttle study, the school access transportation study, and the Terrebelle Phase II project. And, um, our Transportation Authority staff have prepared a token of our gratitude for all of your work, and so I'm going to bring it down and maybe invite um, Commissioner Marr and staff and commissioners to come and do a, do a picture. Um, all right, with that, we want to wish everyone a safe and relaxing holiday season and convey best wishes for a great year ahead, and we will open this item to public comment. If there's anyone other than Director Chang who wants to address the, uh, address the board in the chambers, please step forward. Don't see anyone. Let's see if we have any remote public comment. Checking for remote public comment on item two. And there is no public comment. All right, public comment on item two is closed. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can you please call item three? Item three, executive director's report. This is an information item. Director Chang. Good morning, Chair Mendelman and Commissioners. Um, my report this month begins with an update from the region. If you can imagine, Plan Bay Area 2050, uh, the next update is already starting to gear up. So MTC and ABAG, the Association of Bay Area Governments, um, have already uh, released uh, a strategy to update PBA 2050 to become a new version called PBA 2050 Plus to be adopted in 2025. Um, one of the big, fo it'll be a more modest update and one of the big policy um, emphases is going to be the transit uh, sustainability and fiscal cliff issue. Uh, there is a proposal to update a connected network plan um, that is already being worked on by the general managers of the region's transit operation, uh, transit systems as well as uh, MTC staff. There was also a pr proposal to create a new committee of MTC composed of commissioners at MTC transit agency board members and a state appointee. Um, so this is a proposal based on input from transit operators, county transportation agencies and other stakeholders and will be presented to the MTC executive committee and commission in January. We will certainly track this with interest as this board will certainly oversee many important uh, pieces of work, including this transit network um, connected plan, as well as 
ways to address the transit fiscal cliff. Uh, MTC has already indicated that this will be one of its top legislative priorities for 2023. Um, as we know, many transit operators, not all, but many, are facing a severe financial crisis. Um, as soon as the federal COVID relief funding uh, runs out in the next year or so, uh, we will need to have some sort of solution at the ready to avoid um, very large cuts to service. So therefore, we will be, again, looking to uh, MTC to work with statewide uh, partners, including the California Transit Association, uh, to develop a strong coalition. And one of the early ideas is to seek a portion of state cap-and-trade funds uh, in order to bridge the se next several years as part of a multi-year budget ask. Uh, we will certainly be raising this with our San Francisco delegation, as so many of these services will affect our, our riders and our community and keep you posted. Uh, as well, last week, Jean-Paul Velez, who's a new consultant with our agency, and I attended a national conference on autonomous vehicle policy, uh, regulatory policy. This was a forum sponsored by the Transportation Research Board, together with Intelligent Transportation Society of America, on which I sit. And we were uh, developing a national regulatory framework that can help um, promote uh, all the goals and benefits of this new sector, while also ensuring appropriate regulatory uh, <clears throat> strategies to guide its development. I did share some of San Francisco's experiences with testing and deployment of driverless passenger services and underscored the need for cities um, to be at the table and for high quality research and timely accurate reporting on the early deployments. I uh, really do want to appreciate as well the board for passing uh, the uh, AV resolution um, at the Board of Supervisors last week, uh, sponsored by Vice Chair Peskin. Uh, there was high interest in our experience and support for including more cities and states in the development of these policies. I'll also note that this week we saw Waymo uh, applying to the California PUC for a commercial passenger services deployment permit for San Francisco. Uh, and so Waymo would be joining crews in providing these driverless services uh, in, in the coming year if, if it were granted. Turning to local issues, um, we are pleased to announce and report that our agency has received a grant from the uh, Carbon Neutral Cities Alliance, and this would be to develop some planning and strategies for one of the strategies in the, uh, state, the city's climate action plan, excuse me, from 2021 for goods movement and trying, trying to find ways to reduce carbon emissions from the goods movement sector. Uh, this would be a decarbonizing downtown goods movement study focused on supporting small businesses in equity priority communities. So this is the idea that how can we uh, both reduce carbon emissions from deliveries, but also while also promoting uh, goods delivery for, for small businesses, medium and large as well. Through peer research and engagement with our partners, uh, we will be looking to identify promising strategies such as using cargo bikes and other means to uh, make that operation more efficient for the sector and for consumers. We anticipate seeking matching grants for the study from the board in early 2023 and appreciate Rachel Hyatt's leadership, our deputy director for planning, who is available to answer any questions uh, about this forthcoming study. Uh, Rachel and Elisa Pass, uh, our team for the Ocean Avenue Mobility Action Plan, also met together with Commissioner Melgar and her staff with the Ocean Avenue B Mobility Task Force. Uh, they held their fourth meeting recently in November, um, and this was to discuss the prioritization of two large projects, which appear to be the shared pedestrian and bicycle path improvements on Ocean Avenue and the K. Ingleside Muni Forward project, as well as uh, identifying two to three small projects, the first two of which appear to be the Ocean Avenue pedestrian safety improvements and Ocean Avenue speed management improvements. Uh, the task force is expected to identify a third uh, small project to advance to the next stage at its meeting in early 2023. Uh, turning to regional project delivery, really want to appreciate and congratulate BART again for its completion of the Powell Street Modernization pro Program. Uh, this was a multi-feature uh, multi improvement program um, and project that was led by BART and, uh, with 
cooperation by SFMTA and with Public Works and together with Mayor Breed and Union Square Alliance, Chair Mandelman uh, represented the Transportation Authority at the event in November, which um, celebrated all of these improvements at one of the busiest stations in our city. Uh, the Transportation Authority did provide a million dollars in Proposition K funds to this project uh, back in 2018. So congratulations again to Bart and actually to Carl Holmes who actually led this project when he was at Bart, although he is now here with us as our deputy for capital. So it was really nice to see that. Um, another update on project delivery is that the California Transportation Commission this month approved the final nine point uh, $1 million in state Senate Bill 1 local partnership program formula funds for the Westside Bridges project. This is the $113 million bridge project connecting the Bay Bridge to Treasure Island. Uh, this includes $5 million from BATA's share, the Bay Area Toll Authority, as well as our own Transportation Authority share. And I'd like to thank CTC Commissioners Bradshaw, Grisby, Davis, and Gardino for their support of this funding request. Uh, we uh, are now another step closer to awarding the CMGC contract in March of next year. And then one last update is on the downtown rail extension. This project continues to make good progress. And with the pro uh, passage of Prop Proposition L last month, uh, the multi-agency project team is actively preparing a submittal to the Federal Transit Administration this coming February to request entry into the engineering phase of the project. We're working with TJPA and Caltrain to develop the project's funding plan, uh, financial plan, and demand forecasts, as well as uh, other, other uh, necessary uh, information. And we are reviewing the project's designs and construction cost estimates together with city and county um, colleagues, as well as regional, re regional partners. Next year, the FTA will conduct a comprehensive review of the DTX request, um, and they have assigned and recently appointed a project management oversight consultant who will conduct this review in cooperation with the uh, TJPA. Uh, we are also continuing our advocacy together with the mayor's office and many other partners to secure state and federal grants for the project, including upcoming opportunities with the Federal Rail Administration and Inner City Rail Capital Program at the state. And then finally, I'll just note that recently, um, the Oliver Wyman uh, organization and with UC Berkeley recently named San Francisco first out of 60 international cities worldwide in preparedness for mobility's next chapter. Um, this was a nice, really nice honor and I would say that we're among the top. I mean there were many top cities in the world but we were actually ranked first so I thought that was notable. The annual ranking performed in partnership with UC Berkeley again cited San Francisco's rich ecosystem of travel options both public and private among the factors leading to the city's top ranking. And during a forum discussing the report's findings last week, I highlighted uh, our various goals and initiatives around safer streets, reliable transit, congestion reduction, and improved uh, air quality. Uh, and we are continuing to uh, improve. It's a continuous process, but really has its groundwork and its foundation in the Transit First and other important policies, such as Vision Zero, the Climate Action Plan, and our transportation um, capital improvement plans. So congratulations to all the city partners who can also share in this achievement. And thank you once again to the board and your staff for another amazing year at the Transportation Authority, and of course to my own staff at the TA. Thank you so much. Thank you, Director Chang. Uh, let's open um, your director's report to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to come forward, please do. Seeing no one in the chamber, let's see if we have any remote public comment on this item. Checking for remote public comment on item three. Hi, caller, your two minutes begins now. Cool. <clears throat> My name is Francisco da Costa, and I listened to the long uh, uh, director's report. I would suggest this is the last uh, your your last meeting in this year, 2022. Uh, going forward, we need our universities uh, to be given grants. So they can do a needs assessment on all these projects that uh, the director spoke of. 
Uh, I know the central subway started with 600 million and ended up costing us $2 billion. All over San Francisco, we need to do a needs assessment on our seniors who are adversely impacted. Many of them have to walk two, three blocks to get to a bus. And while you can ramble about getting some awards and some people thinking of us as a first-class city in, in one or two aspects, we need to care about our elders and uh, not treat them with disdain. And that's what the Transportation Authority is doing. So stop rambling. Do some uh, serious needs assessment. I know y'all can't do it, so let's get our university, universities involved. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item three is closed. Um, Mr. Clerk, please call item four. Item four, approve the minutes of the December 6, 2022 meeting. This is an action item. Let's open this item to public comment. If there are any, if there's any public comment on the minutes in the chamber, please come forward. And if there's not, let's see if we have any remote public comment on item, on item four. Checking for remote public comment on item four. And there is no public comment. All right, public comment on item four is closed. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? Moved by Melgar, seconded by Marr. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Dorsey? Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Manaman? Aye. Manaman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. There are nine ayes. The minutes are approved. Thank you. Um, please call the roll. I mean, please, please call our next uh, four items, the consent agenda items five through eight. Yes, Chair. Items five through eight comprise the consent agenda. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but is available for questions. <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda? Mo moved by uh, Walton, seconded by Marr. Um, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Dorsey? Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Walton, aye. There are nine ayes. The consent agenda is approved. Thank you. Please call item nine. Item 9, Major Capital Project Update, Caltrain Modernization Program. This is an information item. All right, and I think we have Michelle Bouchard here from Caltrain. Good morning. Good morning, Chair Mandelman, Vice Chair Peskin, and Commissioners. Uh, my name is Michelle Bouchard. I'm the Executive Director for Caltrain, and Casey Fromson and I will present this item jointly today. Um, we're so pleased to be able to provide this update on our Caltrain electrification program. I think first we wanted to start uh, with an appreciation for this board and its support, as well as the change management board and the support of CTA staff. Um, your collaboration and partnership really has been critical to the success of this project and where we stand right now. Um, and where we stand is we are in the home stretch of a 20-year vision to electrify and improve Caltrain for our riders, our communities along the corridor, and all stakeholders on the peninsula. We're nearing completion of the infrastructure work, and many significant uh, milestones are behind us. Some of you were able to join us for the electric multiple unit train event up in San Francisco, really tangible evidence of how close we're getting to revenue service uh, on Caltrain. As we look ahead to the next two years, 2023 is critical to wrap up construction and begin testing elements, while 2024 will be focused on system integration, commissioning, and pre-revenue service. 
At the next Caltrain board meeting, we'll be presenting details about construction schedule and service impacts anticipated for 2023, but they will be necessary for the successful completion of the project. As you'll hear in the presentation that Casey gives, we have a funding shortfall, but we are working to close it and have appreciated the support of the city and county of San Francisco in our advocacy efforts that will not only make the electrification project possible, but we'll make sure that electric trains will be traveling to the Salesforce Transit Center through the DTX project, or the portal, I think we're calling it these days. Um, finally, I wanna thank Commissioner Walton for his leadership on the Caltrain board for nearly three years. And I'll now hand it over to our Chief Communications Officer, Casey Frompson, to run you through a brief presentation. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having us here today. Uh, we have a few slides that I'll just go through. It's always nice to see some pictures along with the words that you just heard. Uh, very quick reminder on the project. Uh, we'll be putting in infrastructure, so an overhead contact system, and then we'll be getting 75% replacement of our diesel fleet with electric trains. This infrastructure will be the exact same infrastructure high-speed rail will use in the future, um, and they're a key partner in this effort. Uh, timeline, we've been in construction since 2017, most of that time during a, a pandemic, but as uh, Michelle said, we are close to the finish line. 2024, less than two years, is when we'll be able to open up electrified passenger service. A reminder of some of the key milestones that we reached. All the foundations are in place, and this was a big milestone for us because it's a 150-year-old right-of-way. So digging into the, the right-of-way had challenges, and that's behind us now. All the remaining construction work is really above ground, and so that will be finishing putting all the poles in place, the traction power facilities that help regulate the energy on the corridor, installing the wires, and then this signal work and system integration is really the last two years. Uh, here is a picture of the trains. We're so happy they're on the corridor. We have four on property right now, and every few months we're getting new ones. They're going to be starting dynamic testing on the corridor in 2023, so people will be able to see them out there much more often. And we do want to have some events for the public, too, so they can get excited and see that these trains are almost here and available for them to ride by 2024. Uh, some more pictures from it. We hope to have more of these events and really keep generating the excitement of what this will mean to totally transform the system and have brand new trains that really serve um, the communities along the corridor. Uh, the total project cost is $2.44 billion and we have a $410 million funding gap. Here's the original funding plan that had over 17 sources in order to put this together and we expect a few more to finish the project off. Our key targets for funding are at the state level. Right now, we have submitted an application with the support, and we are very grateful for that, for all three counties, every single city from San Francisco to Gilroy, 13 state delegation members, five federal delegation members, and nearly 70 local organizations representing labor, environmental transit, and business groups. And so this is a, a pot specific for some projects like the Caltrain electrification project. We will expect to know uh, the outcome of that in late January, and we hope and expect that to fill the largest part of our funding gap. And so we are very um, confident that we have a project that really benefits people on so many levels and it will be clear to the state why we should finish this project now. There are so few that are at the point we are to be able to complete within two years. We have left no stone unturned though, so we have been targeting federal sources as well. Some of those are related to the appropriation process, so there certainly is some uncertainty there. The latest news is maybe that we will have a larger bill, but again, there's more uncertainty there, different numbers, changing Congress, so the state is our key target, and that's where we have the application in place. Um, not to go through the details on this, but just to highlight, in addition to the funds that will help complete the project, Caltrain is facing a fiscal cliff. And so if we get all the resources needed for this project, it will also help us on our operating side as well. We have some dollars in place for the project um, measure RR. And if we are able to move some of those over to the operating side, it's gonna help with the overall financial health for Caltrain too. So it really is a multi-win effort for us to fund the electrification project. Um, we're just ending again with many, many thanks for everyone. The support from this project has been really um, meaningful for us and deep, and we're excited to deliver it in less than two years. We're happy to take any questions. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Walton. Thank you so much, Chair Mandelman, and just want to thank uh, Director Bouchard and her team 
uh, for all the work on electrification and also all the improvements on Caltrain. Uh, as you know, this is a difficult time for transportation across the region. And so just wanted to thank your team for your continued commitment and dedication to increase ridership and take us in to, of course, the, the modernization and turning this rail into something that we all truly want to realize. So I appreciate you for coming here to provide this update and to inform us um, that there are some gaps in funding and also you know, we are, just like every other transportation entity, uh, facing some, some fiscal concerns that we need to focus on. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Walton. Um, let's open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who would like to speak on this item, please come forward. And if not, uh, let's see if we have any remote public comment on item nine. Checking for remote public comment on item nine. Hi, caller, your two minutes begins now. Good morning, Chair Mandelman, Commissioners, uh, Roland Brandt, San Jose. Um, with all due respect, the first thing I'd like to bring to your attention is that uh, the presentation that you just saw is not uh, posted on the website. Um, I think it'd be helpful if uh, that came to happen. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of things. First of all, on the funding, history will reveal that 10 years ago, the budget was $1.25 billion, not 2.4. Service was supposed to start in 2019, not 2024. Um, and I want to close off with pointing out two risks, one of which is mentioned in um, Mr. Holmes' um, a memo and the other one is not. The biggest risk is the inability of actually turning on the power on the line because the existing signaling system that activates the dates is not compatible with electrification. That should have been done way, way years ahead of electrification. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, that's the way it's done everywhere else um, in the world. The other problem that will not show up until we actually start operating trains on the line is the way, is the design of the support structures for the overhead catenary system and the lack of something that is known as mechanical independence, which means that you have got to make it impossible for vibrations on the southbound line to propagate themselves to the northbound line because that starts causing all sorts of problems with, with contact, uh, a premature a wire, um, pantograph, in a way, and potentially catastrophic failure. You basically lose the entire line. I've been bringing this problem up for years, and thank up now, the high-speed rail authority. Uh, thank you. There is no more public comment. All right, uh, public comment on item nine is closed. Um, if you have any final uh, comments, uh, Director Bouchard, you're... No, just once again, I wanted to thank everybody for the opportunity to give this update and also wish everyone a, a safe and happy holiday season. Thank you. Thank you for all of your work um, at the authority and um, thanks to Commissioner Walton for your service there and for getting us through the governance conversation this year. Good luck closing the gap and we will continue to have conversations about all of the needs of um, Caltrain and all of our transportation agencies going forward into the new year. Have a good, a good 2023 or start to 2023. Um, so I'm a little worried about our losing quorum, and so with uh, uh, requesting uh, the, the tolerance and indulgence of Team MTA, I'm going to ask that we call item 11 next. Item 11, a potentially going in the closed section, evaluate public employee performance and approve the executive director's performance objective for 2023. This is an action item. Okay. Um, so these remaining items 11 and 12 are recommendations from the personnel committee which includes myself vice chair these aren't actually the remaining items but these two items 11 and 12 um, uh, include myself vice chair Peskin Commissioner Ronan 
The committee met on December 7th and recommended a rating of outstanding for the executive director's performance this year and adopted the proposed objectives for 2023 that are included in the agenda materials. If anyone wants to go into closed session to discuss item 11 further, um, we can do that, but we don't have to, and it's not my inclination to do it unless someone wants to. Okay, so there's, I'm not seeing any object questions or comments from uh, commissioners or, object or objections to remaining in public session. Um, so uh, since this item was heard at the personnel committee, no public comment is required, and there's also no motion or second required. Um, Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll on this item? Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Middleman? Aye. Middleman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. We have nine ayes. The motion <laughs> is approved. All right, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Please call item 12. Item 12, adopt the revised salary structure, amend the existing employment agreement, and set the annual compensation for the executive director for 2023. This is an action item. Okay, so as I said, on December 7th, 2022, the personnel committee met, uh, and after considering the executive director's performance and other factors, recommended adopting um, $239,682 $326,501 as the revised salary range uh, for the position, amending the employment agreement to extend the term for three years to December 31st, 2025, adding a one-time $3,000 bonus for outstanding performance and adding um, deferred supplemental retirement compensation in the, in the amount of $13,500 for 2023. Um, 14,500 for 2024 and 15,500 for 2025 and setting the executive director's compensation at $310,000 for 2023. As a reminder, the board acted to approve um, new salary ranges or salary range revisions for all transportation authority staff except for the executive director in July of 2022. Um, are there any questions or comments? Okay. Um, so since this item was also heard at the personnel committee, no public comment is required and neither is a motion or a second. Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll on this item? Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Middleman? Aye. Middleman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Well, nine. There are nine eyes. The motion is approved. All right. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, and with that, we should go back to uh, item 10. Can you please call item 10? Item 10, Petrero Yard Modernization Update. This is an information item. Oh, Mr. Brewers. Hello. Thank you. Uh, Chair Mandelman, Commissioners, Jonathan Brewers, uh, Chief Strategy Officer with the SFMTA. I'm going to be talking today about the Petrol Yard Modernization Project. So let me share screen so everybody can see the presentation. So um, just to give um, the TA board an update, it is five years in on our Building Progress Program. Um, a program where we look to evaluate all of the MTA's properties throughout San Francisco. Um, we continue to set the lead on innovative project delivery, which I'll talk about today. Um, resilient planning when we look at our facilities and technology across San Francisco and in how we perform community outreach. Um, three core commitments we made to the public when creating this program in 2017 was focusing on modernizing our facilities across San Francisco, so a core focus on the state of good repair of our transportation system. Um, looking towards resiliency to seismic events, climate, um, flood risk, um, atmospheric storms and rivers, 
and changes in technology, so as we want to electrify the transit system, but also making the MTA a better neighbor. So when you're dealing with us in a fixed neighborhood with a fixed plant, it's a little bit of a different relationship than you're used to dealing with with the MTA. So the way we go about doing some deep um, community partnerships um, is important for the implementation of this program. Kind of key elements and the core I'm gonna be talking about today is our modernization program where we're taking major um, acreage across San Francisco and rebuilding full transit facilities. The electrification program, so that is preparing our system, um, both our transit vehicles and our non-revenue vehicles um, and our paratransit vehicles, preparing them for the future and electrifying those fleets. Um, updating the cable car barn and related infrastructure. Um, joint development across all these facilities, so where we have the opportunity to raise revenues for transit service and transportation operations in San Francisco, we will look to do that. Um, other capital projects related to our buildings and grounds, and then implementation of a facilities condition assessment that was completed in 2016, which showed that we had about a $200 million backlog in just repairs um, of our buildings and systems across San Francisco. So we really look um, in the Building Progress Modernization Program to overlap those three things. Modernization, um, again, updating, especially around technology, these facilities, electrification, making them fully electric and supporting um, the transition of our fleet and joint development when we look at each of these properties and projects. Um, currently, after five years, um, pretty good, Muni Metro East, which is expansion of four acres at the Muni Metro East yard, um, that is at 100% design, and we will shortly be ready to go um, to construction on that project for a trolley coach um, storage and operations facility. The Petrero yard, which I'll be talking about today, has just completed its pre-development phase, and I would like to thank all of you as the Board of Supervisors for approving the special legislation that allows us to go through this process. Um, the Presidio Yard, which we are actively in planning now. We did get a grant from the state, um, and we're looking at different land use options and operational options on that site now, and the Kirkland Yard. And you'll see that, that arrow. Um, we will be advancing Kirkland a little bit earlier than anticipated. It would have been a full reconstruction, multi-story facility, but due to the requirements, the regulatory requirements around electrifying the Muni fleet, we need to kind of speed that project up and just move to electrify the facility for our e-bus future procurements. Um, so you see the Petrero Yard, just a little background. Um, it, prior to the pandemic, um, the vehicles that left that facility served 102,000 muni riders per day. Um, generally, two stories and kind of the way it's designed, you'll see that our intent is to increase um, to three stories to increase the number of vehicles there and also look at the number of employees that we anticipate working at this facility. So not only will we be creating a new trolley coach facility here at the Petro Yard, increasing our capacity to accept electric bus and be able to maintain those, but we're going to be moving all of our training facilities and our street operations to this facility from other locations around San Francisco to have that central location. So we'll really be increasing the number of staff that work at this location. Um, the core transportation objectives, I'll go through these quickly. Again, battery electric bus. We're on a fixed schedule, and the schedule has always been the controlling factor on this project. The reason being is the MTA has a fleet plan, the fleet will be at a certain size, and there's only a certain period of time that we could have any one of our bus yards shut down to be reconstructed. So everything has been planned around a very careful waterfall, and each of these projects are attached to one another, so we consider it as a full program. Um, you'll see the site and housing objectives, and I really do want to thank Commissioner Walton and Commissioner Ronan. Like, they have been with us through the RFQ, RFP, helping us design the community outreach, and I really think the success of the outreach has been part of their involvement in helping us figure out how to have really difficult conversations about upzoning, you know, transportation services, neighborhood impact to date. So hopefully we'll continue that success as we um, move forward with the project. And then really outstanding, um, continuing outstanding levels of outreach and, and being a leader in technology and sustainability when it comes to transportation. So on November 1st, uh, the MTA Board of Directors did approve um, our pre-development agreement, so that will take us into the pre-development phase of this project. So I do want to stress, that starts everything. So everything I'm going to talk about is our issues we will be working through, but are not yet guaranteed. So we have a vision, we know what we can accomplish through the RFP process, but it will be a good two years of hard work to try to get the maximum amount of value we can get from this site. 
So the lead developers, the Petro Neighborhood Collective, uh, Plenary Americas will be the equity member. We have a number of local affordable housing developers that are part of the project, workforce housing developer and Presidio development partners, and a series of consultants to help through the design phase of this project and outreach along the way. So the critical path right now is completing the EIR and getting the entitlements done, which eventually will come to you sitting as the Board of Supervisors. Um, the process that we are using, and again, um, I do want to thank um, the commissioners you know, on holding us accountable as the MTA on our project delivery. So a lot of lessons learned from very significant large projects in the past. So we're using a design, build, finance, maintain project method. It is the first time it has been used on a project of this scale. And again, I do want to thank all of you for supporting the special legislation that allows us to use this unique project delivery method. So we are now beginning what is called the pre-development phase in which we will work towards a final project agreement. That project agreement will come to the MTA board and to all of you as the Board of Supervisors for approval. So assume that's about 18 months out. Um, the financing for this project, because you know I've been in front of this commission and many other groups, facilities and buildings are the hardest piece of infrastructure to fund when it comes to transportation. And we have run significantly behind and have a significant backlog on this infrastructure. It's why, as part of the GEO bond um, that unfortunately did not pass by 1.5%, our buildings and grounds were a core component of that GEO bond. Um, so we are gonna be doing 30-year availability payments as part of this, so it's a different financing method to be able to fund infrastructure of this size, and that will be included in a future year in the MTA's operating budget. That is assumed in all of our long-range financial projections when we look at costs um, going uh, into the future. There is a fixed budget limit that we did get as part of this project, but I wanna be very clear. The fixed budget limit is only for the bus yard component design related to the bus yard component and some of the future costs um, associated over the 30 years. It is not what the final project cost will be. That will evolve over time. We're working on our first term sheet. We intend on sharing that term sheet with all of you to get your feedback on it. So we're in process working with our partners on the development of these um, individual deliverables that will come to you over time. Um, the Elements that will change in that fixed budget limit include changes in scope that we as the MTA or the city might request, unknown conditions on the sites, changes to applicable laws, which is codes or any associated things in the state of California or in the city and county of San Francisco. There are budget allowances, and those could be adjusted over time. And then there's going to be escalation, cost of finance, and other elements that will change as we are in the PDA phase. But here at the Transportation Authority, with the Board of Supervisors, we will keep you regularly updated on these um, elements as they change over time. Um, the current proposal, and again, it's the proposal. So we went out with an RFP. This is what we got back. There was certain criteria that we had set through both design guidelines and what we wanted as a city with regard to policy and what we wanted to achieve. So the proposal included three levels of bus, and it was the best designed bus facility out of the, the proposals that we saw. Um, and it includes four separate housing elements, three low income, one moderate workforce income element, and then commercial spaces on the ground floor. Where we are with the schedule is we've completed the RFP process. We're in essentially phase one of the PDA process now, so we're evaluating a lot of the elements of the project now. We're doing feasibility analysis. Um, good and bad, this project has evolved over three years, which I think is amazing and awesome compared to sometimes 10 and 20 years for projects of this scale. But there has been significant market-based changes only in the past year. So we do need to evaluate that and take that into consideration. Interest rates, um, construction escalation costs, the TA will definitely be supporting us um, with that along the way, but that's what we're working on right now. So we want to achieve all the policy goals we've set for this project, but we are working uh, very hard through the technical elements of it now, and we will continue to keep you updated, and in the very end, we will come to you as the Board of Supervisors looking for improvements on the uh, approvals on the entitlements and the final project agreement. So that is all I have. That was a lot. I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you, Mr. Rewers. Um, Commissioner Ronan. I don't have any questions. I just wanted to express on the record my excitement uh, about this project and um, just really 
give my compliments about how the MTA has gone about uh, every step of the way uh, from the time that it was just an idea to now actually having a timeline to completion. It's extraordinary the amount of um, below market rate housing, especially the amount for very low income folks is just incredibly exciting. I've seen the, you know, some mock-up designs. It will transform that area that means transformation. Um, and uh, I, I just couldn't be more excited. So thank you for all the tremendous work uh, and let's get more affordable housing built as fast as we possibly can. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Ronan. Commissioner Walton. Thank you, Chair Madelman, and thank you, of course, to the team at MTA. Just uh, want to, one, echo Supervisor Ronan's comments, but really also just want everyone to see that you can actually get a large amount of affordable housing built uh, here in San Francisco if you work together and come up with responsible projects. And want to thank MTA for working with community and our offices to do that. Uh, Commissioner Melgar. Uh, thank you, Chair Mandelman. Uh, congratulations to my colleagues, Ronan and Walton, for, um, you know, your hard work and, you know, working with the agency. Um, I have to say, and I think there's a lot of innovation here, and that's really great to see in government. Um, I have to say that I'm a little nervous about part of it. Uh, so when you put up uh, slide 10, uh, you know, uh, in your presentation, um, you know, this is the first time that you've done something at this scale uh, in collaboration with so many partners, which is really great. Um, and it's also the first time you guys haven't been like, you know, nimble chained, whatever you want. Um, and in this way, it's like attached to all kinds of other financing and things. And so I'm wondering how you're um, thinking this is going to go in terms of the project management um, uh, and just making sure that, you know, we're transparent uh, mm -hmm. about the decisions that are being made with the partners, um, but also, um, you know, keeping to our promises. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that, that question. Um, three years ago, um, innovative government, we signed a multi-departmental MOU that included five departments, the MTA, Department of Public Works, Mayor's Office of Housing, uh, Office of Economic Workforce Development, and the Planning Department. And so on a project of the scale with the level of complexity, you need a citywide team of experts, and we actually have that expertise and talent in the city. We just need to get everybody in the same room. So the building progress program under that MOU really functions that way, and I think that's how literally in three years we were able to get draft EIR, you know, entitlement set up, get this in front of the planning commission, and get to the point that we're at. You do note, and, and I'm gonna stress it now, this is a difficult market. This is a difficult proposal to work through, and there will be some hard decisions for the agency and for all of you, to some extent probably as the TA, and to some extent as the Board of Supervisors. And I'm actually gonna be counting on some of your expertise and knowledge um, to get through this, because what's exciting is, this is the first time this piece of infrastructure has been attempted, and that makes it difficult in and of itself we're gonna to have to create some new methods and, and ways we do business like we did with the special legislation to get here. Um, in this phase of the project, as we look to the financial feasibility and even to some extent the construction feasibility, um, I'm gonna need a lot of help um, from the city and from all of you to try to make this vision a reality. Um, and so I absolutely expect we'll be transparent with some of these tough decisions we, we have. I think Commissioner Walton and Commissioner Ronan, like on outreach and other elements, <laughs> I was very frank and honest, like we can do this, this is what we can try. Um, but I got advice from them on, you know, how do we work through the mission? What do we want our policy goals to be for this project? So I expect that to continue over the next 18 months. Um, I will honestly say I'm not gonna make any promises now. We have an amazing vision. We've done good work to date and the agency will continue to lead this program to try to accomplish what you want to accomplish and the mayor wants to accomplish with regard to housing, but also transportation and making sure we can successfully provide service to San Francisco. Just maybe to follow up on that, um, given the complexity of 
you know, inter interdepartmental coordination and the ways in which we've seen that not work um, in other areas. Do, does the MTA and do the partner agencies have the staffing resources in place that they need to manage that interdepartmental coordination and to move this forward, or that are we still building that out? Fantastic question. So uh, as part of that MOU, kind of two levels of innovation that we had in delivering this program was we got all of our technical resources, i.e. consultant contracts for environmental review, um, financial advice from um, AIRUP. We got those contracts in place before we needed them. So we didn't wait until the day that we needed it and then try to figure out the team that was required. We secured those resources in advance of getting those steps. We also did the same thing with the staff. So when we had that, that five department MOU three years ago, we had a sense of the resources that would be needed. They're budgeted, they're in place. I will say this, like this commission knows that hiring in the city is very difficult. We do have a series of vacancies in the program that we're working to fill, but the positions have all been budgeted and the structures and organizations are in place to, to deliver the program. All right, thank you. Um, let's open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who would like to speak on this item, please come forward. Uh, seeing no one, is if there is remote public comment, let's take that. Checking for remote public comment on item 10. Hey caller, your two minutes begins now. So Board of Supervisors, uh, can we figure out and tell the taxpayers how much per square foot will it cost to build this project? It used to be $650 per square foot. It's now 1,500 per square foot. And there is no way by just giving us a presentation of this nature without a detailed disposition and development agreement that this could be factual. And what is YCD and the Tabernacle Group doing with this project? What is their track record? You supervisors, you know, keep pulling wool over our eyes. Let's reflect what happened at Lake Merced with the 3,000 unit entitlement. They got the entitlement. And now they say they cannot do it. Reflect on that. Any second. So stop hoodwinking the people. Stop hoodwinking the people. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item 10 is closed. Um, I guess it goes without saying that this uh, body is um, very interested in this project. We anticipate that um, you know funding for this project will be flowing through the Transportation Authority, and of course we will look forward to getting regular updates on this, and um, we'll be looking to our staff to be um, updating us and keeping an eye on the project and bringing it back to us as seems appropriate, but not too infrequently. All right, thanks everybody. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can you please call our next item? Item 13, introduction of new items. This is an information item. All right, looking to see if anybody has any new business and looks like they don't, so please call item 14. Item 14, public comment. Uh, if there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to um, speak during general public comment, please come forward and I don't see anyone, so let's see if we have a remote public comment for item 14. Checking for remote public comments. Hi, Caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hello again, uh, Commissioner Stroll and O'Brien San Jose. Um, I apologize for extending my time earlier. For some reason, I did not hear the 15-second uh, warning. Um, with regard um, to the uh, Port Royal Road project, I, I mean, I cannot tell you how beautiful this is. 
and I hope we can use it as a model for our own Cerrone uh, facility in uh, uh, North San, San Jose. But uh, in closing, um, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to, to address you um, uh, during this year. And I want to wish everyone um, happy holidays. Uh, we call this Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year where I come from. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. So again, supervisors, this is your last meeting for the year 2022. And I would like y'all, on behalf of the elders, the physically challenged, to work on a war footing to provide them the necessary benefits. As long as you all receive one single dollar from the federal government, you have to cater to the elders and the physically challenged. This is not being done in San Francisco. And as for quality of life issues, transportation is adversely impacted because of all the nonsense that we see in our streets. Drug addicts, people who are assaulting innocent people, it all impacts every facet of quality of life issues. Again, let us get our universities involved in teaching y'all how to do a needs assessment and creating a viable and sustainable matrix. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item 14 is closed. Um, Mr. Clerk, could you please call item 15? Item 15, adjournment. With gratitude for all of the work of our staff um, and the staffs of our partner agencies and to all of our public commenters and to all of you and your and my staff, I want to wish everyone a very happy holiday and a wonderful start to 2023. And with that, we are adjourned. <laughs>